What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. And we just had like the most fun time with our guests. Ever and I almost just burped as we started recording, and I never burped. Honestly, I'm drinking a Lacroix right now, so I might also burp. And if that's you mine. guys watch this recording, my face is like, ooh, there was like a bubble that just came up. So this episode, Anyways. not to spoiler alert, but it has potential burp. We talk about poop. We talk about yeast infections. So there's just like a lot of really fun things going on. Today. And food, all at the same and time. Food. Um, I guess we could, we'll wait to intro our guests as we close out this intro, but how are you doing today, Jenna? (laughs) Do you really want to know? I do. So, you know, when like you wake up in the mornings and you're like, this is going to be a great day. Like I have so much I'm going to get done because my day was like scheduled to the max and, um, we're going away actually tomorrow through Friday for a wedding, um, in Montauk. And so I'm like, this is my work day. Like we got this. Noah's going to go to school and it's going to be a great day. And then got, got the baby up. We're having a great morning. He's eating, you know, he's pleasant. Awesome. And I, I opened my email to an email that says like, there's been hand, foot and mouth in your son's classroom and it's going around one case reported, blah, blah, blah. But like once somebody's exposed to it, like it takes days for it to show up in the other kids. So like the whole classroom's now been exposed and like he's staying with my parents for the next couple of days. Like I can't do that to them. Love you, mom and dad. Um, I did this for you because I know she listens to this. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it comes with a lot of privilege that I was able to rearrange my day and I recognize that, but we rearranged and I was with Noah this morning. We went food shopping for literally 20 minutes. And when the lady had to weigh his apple that he was eating at the checkout, he had the largest fit of all time to the point where I had to take him out of the carriage because he could like not comprehend that his apple was being taken away. Got it back and it was still not good enough. So yeah, and then Mercury apparently is in retrograde and it's fucking with my computer. So there's that. Oh, and there was fraud on my my business card today. Somebody tried to buy two male Chanel perfumes, um, or I guess that would be cologne, and sent them to Kansas City. And I'm on the phone with the lady at Amex. I'm like, I don't even know anybody in Kansas City. <laughs> She's like, so you didn't like tip anyone off to use your credit card? I was like, no. <laughs> like what? It, that's wild. You're calling to report fraud. Like, no. 
And I'm like, I chose American Express because you guys are always so nice about this kind of stuff when it happens. I'm like, it's not fun. And she was like, okay, ma'am, we're going to take care of it. Like, okay. You're like, not today, Karen. Like, (laughs) oh my God. But besides that, this is like the the bright of my day. The pearl. Besides that. (laughs) This is the peach, whatever they say. Um, I did also just see on social media before we logged on that the Kardashian, the newest Kardashian craze is like some new vitamin line that they're coming out with. So that should be fun. We should cover that soon. Um, Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. How's your day? You're calm, cool, and collective. I mean, I'm at an office, so that's probably why. Um, I got a text message from Luke not too long ago that says, we're pooping with a bunch of exclamation points. And just for listeners, (laughs) that doesn't mean that my husband's pooping. That means that Sienna is pooping. Is she Um, having troubles? She's just like, she's been like this since probably like four weeks. She only poops like- breastfeeding. Yeah, Yeah, she only poops like every three or four days. But when she poops, she- hoops um <laughs> but and we're we're flying to new jersey tomorrow and oh my like, god tomorrow we were like please poop today because like we we're like <laughs> the airplane like, there's a chance she could tomorrow but the fact that she pooped today we're like okay that's like good because it's usually every three to four days because they like explode everywhere i got on the plane yeah. <laughs> oh, so, this- i met your father-in-law no i met your father-in-law the whole fam did my dog oh, he's so everyone. sweet yeah thank you I installed the car seat for him I said don't touch this now leave it good (laughs) thank you um we were totally (laughs) expecting to be setting up that um so for (laughs) listeners Jenna like lended me everything I need for Sienna in New Jersey which I'm super excited about she'll be fine um we'll figure it out but so yeah I mean I'm at my new office that I started renting last week it's above a brewery and a coffee shop it's like so cute and vibey um but I don't like have any natural light in here and I'm like down this back hallway. So I feel like I'm like, you just like don't know what time it is when you're here, but it is easier to get get work done and come in, get out and be done. But my child will be in uh, daycare, what, December. So I'll probably be canceling days left and right as well. So it is what it is. It's fun, you know, and like, that's the attitude that I just had to have today. It's like daycare is a beautiful thing. And he's honestly so happy when he goes there. And my anxiety about that has like totally disseminates, disseminates, whatever the word is, uh, dissipated. But it's just so frustrating as a parent, especially when your kid's not the sick one. I'm yes. like, I'm still paying for it, right? Like, and it's like, I'm doing the nice thing of keeping him home so that if he gets sick, he's not infecting other people. And it's like, the lady emails me and she's like, the kid that was sick was sent home within an hour yesterday. But like, what? why was she in school at all? <laughs> but like, I know it's because parents need to work and it's just so hard and it's it's just, it is what it is. But anyways, what the point I was getting to is like, I used to fight back on these days, like so hard. And like, I didn't know how to roll with it. And I didn't know how to prioritize. And you know, Noah and I had a great morning. And when he wakes up probably in nine minutes, because it's right around his time, like, we're gonna have a great afternoon. And like, it's like a bonus day that we get to spend together. And like, that's the attitude that I have to have. Yeah. And as I mean, you and I've talked about doing episodes of like, you know, related to mom things, but like when you have a kid, like your priorities change and like Noah comes Mm -hmm. first and like, obviously you love your clients, you love your job. Like it's so important to you, but it's like, 
you have a child and he has to stay home and you got to do what you got to do. And, um, like we only watch 13 minutes of blippy at a time. So like, there's not much that can get done. (laughs) Sienna already loves miss Rachel. She like, she's amazing. She literally will like squawk at the, like she'll talk and like, she, she's like trying to sit up. So she's in her bouncer with like her head forward. It's the funniest thing. I have to send you a picture like bobbling like this. (laughs) It just looks so funny. Oh my goodness. Oh, I love Miss Rachel. My God. I would love to interview her just to hear like how she started. Cause she really blew up in COVID like during like pre like beginning COVID time like when moms were like what the fuck do I do with my kid all day yeah like uh, who's gonna watch my child <laughs> oh just set them in front of the tv with Miss Rachel oh, um yeah goodness. we should we should try to get her on for a mom episode Chelsea if you're listening we're talking to you <laughs> yes we'll get her for sure but let's get into today's episode because it's so yes. good so so good no before we do that tell me your what the actual fourth oh, moment of the week or the month or just something you haven't told me since last time we talked. <laughs> I just like, don't think I realized how many people stitch me on TikTok. I'm so oblivious to it. Like, and, and how many of them are like, absolutely. It was just that one video though, right? No, like just all the time, like okay. every day. I, and I don't look at mentions. I don't look at, I just like, I try to go on and just like make content that I want to make and like get off. And I am. I don't know why I like never opened my notifications on TikTok ever, but I did. And it was like the most recent one. And it was this, like, I don't even know what the account was, but it was this like jabroni who his account <laughs> was like a picture of him with like an eight pack. And like his thing was how he like, he like only trains girls. So I was like, Oh, like you're just like a sick fuck. But he, I mean, I don't even know. I honestly don't even know if I, he, he was responding to my episode of a calorie deficit and why I don't support like people intentionally doing calorie deficits. And I didn't even watch it with sound on, but I was just like watching him stitch me and like talk about me. And it, it was just, I don't even know what he said, but I was just like, <laughs> I want the actual fork moment. is just like everyone who stitches me who supports diet culture. Like it's, it's just, just wild. And I think we talked about this last time, but like the only people that are stitching you are the people that don't follow you. Like that's it, yeah. you know, which I, it, cause nobody under anyways. Well, we got to go back to our, our Evelyn Tribbley. Like he's not reachable. Yeah, he's not reachable, teachable. Like teachable. I'm not, I'm not gonna like engage with, I just block and like be blessed and move on. But it's just, it's just funny. Like, it's just like, it's, why are you like, I don't know. So I think, and anyone. so my, I'll, I'll, I'll add on to layer on top of that and shout out one of my teammates, Lauren, um, earlier this week, or maybe late last week, like who knows what day it was anymore. Um, she decided to respond to a comment on a very popular page of a researcher. Like he's a very, very popular researcher. He actually follows me and like, likes a lot of my posts. So like, I've always thought he was like pretty neutral. Um, but his following is very gym bros, right? Like fitness people. And so he posted something not neutral about health at every size. Um, you, I'm sure you guys can know where this is going. Like he just kind of posted some research about the alternative views of health at every size and Lauren props to her, like went at it in the comments and was like, no, you know, you're misinterpreting the research or like, you know, you're misinterpreting what it means 
like what the health at every size movement means, what body positivity or neutrality actually means. Like, you know, you're not seeing this from this perspective. And then she went deeper into like, when you work with human beings and you're not just a researcher, like you need to learn empathy and you need to understand how to connect to people. And like, she was like really firm in her responses and the people that responded back to her, like people that have no nutrition education at all, just like trying to rip her apart was just like so painful. And she, she stood strong and she really advocated for her clients and for, you know, the movement in general and for what it is that we all do. And Lauren, if you're listening, I'm very proud of you. Um, and it took a lot of balls for you to stand up to. I was going to say, Lauren, I send you mental energy today because <laughs> like, I can't imagine what that feels like to read through and, all that. And that's what, like, what you were just saying. Like, I, that's what I, I voice memoed her back. It's like, just go back to that episode with Evelyn Trivoli. Like, if someone's not reachable or teachable, sometimes these fights are just too painful to fight. But good for you for trying. Yeah. <laughs> And, and you know, maybe some, yeah, and maybe someone in that comment section was reading, you know, that resided in a larger body and saw what she was saying about advocating for, you know, body positivity, body neutrality, et cetera, fat phobia, whatever she was talking about. And it hopefully landed with them. But yeah, TikTok is just, it's the wild, wild west, to be honest. It's painful. Yeah. Painful. And at the same time, it's connected us with so many great people. Yes. And I always remember that. And it's brought a lot of, you know, success into both of our lives, which is wonderful. But like, at the end of the day, the fact that this is where people get their information for things is just insane. Even my dad gets into TikTok holes. Like I woke up this morning and he sent me a TikTok. I'm like, what is happening? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, thought you'd like this. <laughs> Well, speaking of TikTok, our guest yes. today has an amazing TikTok and she has a, a even, I don't want to say more amazing Instagram, but that's where she, I think really came to be. That's where her business really started thriving. And that's where I know I had originally found her years ago. Um, we had Talia Corinne on, who is the founder of Workweek Lunch, um, which is a blog and a digital meal plan subscription that helps thousands of people all over the world master meal prep. And we really break down what meal prep is and isn't today. Yes. Um, and additionally, she's the author of Workweek Lunch Cookbook, which includes 60 approachable approachable and delicious recipes that are designed to be prepped and stored. Talia is a self-taught home cook and she started work week lunch in 2016 to teach her peers how to cook easy, balanced meals, save time and money through her Instagram, which has now grown. She's over. Wow. She's almost over yeah. 500,000. So half a million on, on Instagram, Instagram That's which wild. is <laughs> crazy. So before Workweek Lunch, Talia was a staff writer at Elite Daily and worked in the entertainment industry after graduating from Ithaca College in 2014. Mm -hmm. When she's not developing recipes with the Workweek Lunch meal prep program, Talia loves to travel, snowboard, binge watch TV, and go on adventures with her dog, Coconut. That is so But cute. I love that name. Um, and just in case you don't listen all the way to the end, even though we encourage you to, I do just want to share on here too, because I think it's an incredible value. She mentioned today that her subscription program has over 700 recipes in it. You have to listen to the end to hear more details about it. But if you do go onto her website and use the code um, in all caps, caps let's cook you can get 10% off of any of her subscription programs which is a huge value um and I mean I think I might purchase it because there's some amazing Same. things on here um and just there's a ton of value she works so hard and a women-owned small business is right up my alley 
Oh yeah. And I think just, (laughs) we've been really excited for this episode because we constantly get asked like, can you meal prep and be an intuitive eater, right? And pursue intuitive eating. And we really break down that question today, all three of us. So I'm excited for people to hear this episode. So without further ado, let's get into it with Talia Corinne. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork podcast. Today we have Talia Corinne here, the founder of Work Week Lunch, which is one of my favorite Instagram accounts. So I'm so freaking excited you're here. Thank you for being here, Talia. Thank you so much for having me on. I said earlier, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. I've been following you on Instagram and TikTok for a while and just love everything you do. Well, thank you. We're so excited. We're so happy you're here. Yes. (laughs) And Mercury is in retrograde. I don't know what that means, but I heard- why would you say that? I like, don't know why? what it means. Is why that like saying something say like terrible? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, I just, just like putting a curse podcast? on this whole episode. <laughs> Damn it, guys. Oh my God. I shared before we started recording that I didn't know what it meant earlier this week. And when it was explained to me, I'm now having all, I just spent $200 on computer chargers trying to get them shipped immediately to my house um, because my computer. Computer is like stuck at four percent. I, I literally was late to your this faces. Call. I want them to watch <laughs> your faces when I said that. It looked like I said like the f word seventeen times in a row or something. You both were like, no. honestly, that would have been better. <laughs> okay, now I have to learn about it. But that's not what this episode is about. So we're gonna veer away from My that. anxiety is now gonna kill this. So thanks, Sammy. <laughs> well, let's. Let's turn it back to our favorite question to start with. And Italia, I don't know if you've listened to our podcast before, but we love to start the podcast off with asking our guest, what has been like your most recent or most memorable, it doesn't have to be recent memory of like what the actual fork is going on. Like whether it was a piece of content you saw, whether it was something someone said to you. So like something that really stopped you in your tracks and was like, what the fork? Oh man. Okay. So the recent one is someone on Instagram talking about losing their baby weight and it made me so sad. It just made me really, I just was like, I just feel for this person like this, like you are not even a month postpartum. And that is just like what you are talking about. And this person, I don't know. Yeah. The gender of their child or whatever, but like, it's a, I I just feel like with mothers, it's just like, I got so much diet culture messages from my mother growing up and it just, I just want to break that chain, you know, I want to break that pattern. So watching that really was like an actual, what the fork moment. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> it really does. Just... And you know, you on, on Instagram, it's like, if you don't have anything, if I don't have anything nice to say, I don't say it just like keep scrolling, keep, you know, just move on. But in my head, I'm just like, I hope that this person can make peace with their body. <laughs> Jenna and I have literally off air talked about, and maybe I'll put it into the world right now, Jenna, how we want to do like message it, like messages. Just keep it out of mercury. Okay. Okay. Whatever that means. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but we want to do episodes that are like specific, like what the actual fork podcast, like mom edition or like mom episodes, because it's like, once you become a mom, like obviously so much changes and, um, everything. mentally, physically, emotionally, <laughs> like your brain, everything. Um, and yeah, like I saw TikTok the other day that was like six reasons you're not losing weight postpartum. And I was like, fuck off. Like, why is this even <laughs> on my TikTok? Like, I can't. Cause I they can't. know. 
they know. <laughs> yeah, they've heard me say postpartum like 500 times in the past week. So yeah. Ugh, the well- ones that keep the ones that keep me up on up at night are now all of like it used to be all the diet culture stuff, but now since being a mom, it's like all like the kid illnesses and sicknesses and just like the terribly like what to do to not get your kids sick at daycare. And meanwhile, daycare is closed today because of hand, foot, and mouth disease. So something's happening in the world. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. I don't have kids. That sounds like a nightmare. Uh, that situation. Not having kids. Just that situation. <laughs> yeah. It's well, or have you seen? Have you seen the TikTok trend? I forget the sound. It's like some like cutesy little like I don't know sound, and it's like a mom like bragging about her kid like. This, like if I'll use no like this is Noah Noah sleeps 12 hours through the night and like so laughs all the yeah. time and I'm like fuck off this is Sienna. she was making- crying for an hour and we didn't know what the fuck to do like it's like uh, it's like a, a new a diet culture one, but though. oh yes the spoof one is like this my this is Noah he came out of the womb speaking six languages yeah. and he eats perfectly he skips like it's so dumb like why are we all competing for all these things and that's not this isn't a joke this isn't a joke trend no it's real it's like it's so stupid yeah the second one was like a spoof of the trend like making fun of people okay why like why are we why are we bragging about our children if they like cry or sleep or whatever it's like i never just and then we will actually start talking about the intent (laughs) of this episode but i will never again ever in my life talk about like when noah has like a good day noah's my son um because when he was like four months old i remember very specifically watching like a tv show he was playing on his play mat we had like this really great morning together and i was like this is what moms call like a unicorn day like this is amazing and he got like COVID like <laughs> later that day. Like he was, he didn't sleep. He had a fever. Like it was a disaster for the rest of like the week. And I was like, I'm never saying this out loud again. That's, oh man. I guess you can't have the good without the bad. I mean, at least you're laughing. Like, <laughs> like, there's nothing just, else to do. That's life. But. But I can't wait to chat with you today too. I actually had a recent comment on my Instagram that's going to be so perfect for this conversation. So before we get into all things questions for you, can you tell our listeners and us just a little bit more about you, your story, um, how you built this incredible brand? I'm looking at your uh, website right now. Um, Everything on here I want to eat and I would love to know more of the inspiration behind it and how it even started. Definitely. amazing <laughs> thank you thank you so much wow fangirl moment thank you um, <laughs> I started Work Week Lunch when I was still working at uh like a nine to five I was a writer at Elite Daily writing like trashy articles about Kim Kardashian it was the best um and I was like the quote-unquote healthy girl bringing my lunch to work and my coworkers and peers used to kind of like make fun of me first like oh you brought lunch again and they all went to like Chipotle and then eventually they started pulling me aside and it's like, wow, it looks so good. How do you do that? Like, how do you, how are you so consistent? And I was like, what do you mean? I just roast some vegetables. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, I didn't really understand that. I, I, I had a hard time believing they didn't know how to like cook and put food in containers, but it's a thing. Like there's a lot of organization that goes into it. So that was kind of a sign that, and I wanted to start a side hustle. So those two things kind of aligned. I started the Instagram and the blog and, you know, hustled just like the way you guys did uh, with yours, you know, just you, you get really passionate about a topic and you want to talk about it a lot. 
And eventually I launched a subscription. I now have a team, like some full-time team members and amazing part-time team members that do make all the recipes. I actually don't make them anymore, which is kind of wild. So all the recipes that you complimented on my site are generally for my team. So it's pretty great. I am so proud of them. But, you know, I would say I started this um, in diet culture. Like I was definitely, you know, I started this when I was 24, jump, jumping on the bandwagon. Like people on Instagram were talking about weight loss. I just thought like, okay, like this seems to be popular. I didn't really like connect with it that much. And I've always kind of been in this body, you know, it hasn't changed that much. Like I haven't really had this dramatic relationship with food or my body. Of course I was in diet culture deeply, but I never had like a full-blown eating disorder and I feel very lucky. Um, but I just, I just jumped in the conversation and eventually I discovered, uh, Christy Harris's podcast food psych like two years after starting Murphy's lunch. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck diet culture. <laughs> like, I don't want to be part of this conversation. I don't want to be part of this whole culture that tells women they have to shrink themselves to be happy. This is bullshit. And I left that behind and took my audience with me on that journey. So that's kind of how the intuitive eating piece uh, wove itself in. I'm so, so happy you shared that. And I, I don't remember exactly when you made that transition, but I remember seeing that on your page and how, and again, you were never like a very diet culture meal prep page ever anyways, but what we want to tell talk- you one thing, yeah, right. I, I used it a couple of times, like, again, this was early Instagram days before reels, even before stories. Um, I would the good days. calories. <laughs> yeah. I would post calories on my like pictures and people would comment and be like, Talia, this is so off. Like I was bad at calories. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just not going to do this. <laughs> so yeah, I, it, I switched pretty early. I would say like before I even had a hundred thousand followers. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, and it's like, who wants calories anyways? I remember giving people recipes cause they'd be like, I need breakfast ideas. Or like, and they'd be like, can I be the, ca- can I have the calories? And I'd be like, why? Like before I was in intuitive eating, I'd be like, why the fuck do you, like, I don't want to calculate them. I don't want to do this. So always better without them. But that that's so amazing to hear that you, I also, Christy Harrison was one of my first things that, or first podcast that really turned me on to intuitive eating. And, you know, she's just amazing on how she talks about the anti-diet intuitive eating world. But it's so cool to see that because one of the big questions we want to answer today, um, and that we get a lot and Jen and I get a lot is like, is meal prep diet culture, right? Or like, can you meal prep and have a healthy relationship with food? So I would love for you to take that, um, question. And then Jen, I would love for you to jump off of it as well. Yeah. And I just to add to that, like why I think the confusion comes down for a lot of people of like, how do we define meal prep? Right. And like, I think that's a really big piece of this because when people think of meal prep and this is one of the diets I was very guilty of doing, like you think of those stupid fucking like 21 day fix containers. Right. But they didn't invent that term. Right. Like that's not fair that that's where people's brain goes, but that's what I think a lot of the confusion stems from. So I'll shut up. Yeah, no, I appreciate all these questions. And I would say, yeah, meal prep can be diet culture. Like any food decision we make, the why behind it is like what makes it diet culture or not, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, and I think what defines meal prep is anything that you do to take care of your future self in terms of food. So that could literally be just writing meals down. It could be um, chopping vegetables on Sunday to use for the next few days. 
It could be cooking dinner and having leftovers for lunch the next day. Like it could be so many different things. Uh, that's why that's, but that's what I talk about, at least on my page. Like we just meal prep is anything that allows you to like have peace of mind with food in the future so that when you are hungry, you have something available and you're not just eating peanut butter and crackers, which is, which is fine. But that's what I was eating like every night for dinner. Like this has to stop. Like I need to figure this out. Um, so that's, that's how I define it. That's how I look at it. It's very open. And I think another key thing with separating diet culture from meal prep is that you don't have to do it every week. You could do it only when you're really slammed, like when your son has COVID and you just need to take care of him and you need to take care of yourself. But you don't have time to cook. Like, and then you don't have to do it the rest of the month. You know, it's just that's like using meal prep as a tool for the weeks that you are going to be really busy or tired or depressed or whatever you need. I love, I feel like we need to make that like the quote of the episode. Like <laughs> meal prep is like taking care of your future self. That was yeah. such a beautiful way you explained it. I've never heard that before. I yeah. love that so much. And I love that you said too. I mean, I think a really cool way to think about meal prep is like intentional for a purpose or for a specific need. Like I know when I was really pregnant, like 38 and a half weeks, like all I did was meal prep because I was like, I know I'm not going to have any time to do this later. Um, and now I wish I did it when I was like 25 weeks pregnant because I needed way more than I had in my freezer. Uh, but like, that is like, I never considered that like diety, but I'm sure other people might because they don't understand the intention. Yeah. And the other diet piece is like, what's in your containers. Cause if you were and you're pregnant and prep a like chicken broccoli rice for your for your postpartum self like no, no that's no uh it's not gonna cut it and I was making uh, chocolate chip cookies <laughs> there you go. perfect right so it's like if you are just doing the chicken broccoli rice which is what I envisioned when I first started it's like kind of what I was doing also I love that you can make it a lot of different ways but you know that is like the quintessential fitness dude like weight lift their meal prep. <laughs> like, yeah. Um so it can be anything like we have recipes for mac and cheese and uh breakfast cookies. We just did like a crumble inspired breakfast cookie for meal prep. You know, like it can Ooh. be anything um that you like and I think that's the key to sticking with it is like cooking things that you actually look forward to and like. Like who looks forward to a soggy, sad like Greek salad that's like I that's what I used to make. This is from personal experience. It goes like soggy, like tomato, cucumber, lettuce. Like, what am I doing? And like feta. That's it. No, <laughs> no. I love that. And I love how you both highlighted like the intention, right? I think I did a TikTok on this a while ago, but I was saying, yeah, like the intention behind meal prep is whether it's diet culture or not. If you're meal prepping because it's the only thing you're allowed to eat, you're going to bring your containers to a social event because you're too scared to eat the food around you. You're, you know all your coworkers are ordering on lunch, but you're only going to allow yourself to eat this food. Like that would be considered diet culture or having rules versus all the examples we've gave Jenna perfect, like prepping for pregnancy, prepping for a busy week, you know, what you just want to bring food. So you don't have to waste time going out to get something. Cause you have a lot of meetings that day, you know, whatever it is. And, um, it's so, that's what's so hard about social media though, because when people see that content, it's like, are they ready to see that content? Right. Because how are they going to define meal prep yeah. when they well, see Well, I'm it? hoping if they see my mac and cheese in my containers, they know. And it's not, it's not quote unquote skinny mac and cheese. I, <laughs> I mean, I think cooking is what helped me heal my relationship with food the most, like switching to real sugar, real butter, real flour, instead of all these weird alternatives that I did not need for, any, I don't have any dietary restrictions like for allergies. So, you know, 
yeah, use all the, all the stuff that diet culture tells you to avoid basically. I love that. And I also think, you know, and this is going to get to one of the comments I received recently on one of my posts, but I also think, you know, I was what Sammy just described like previously, like I was the person that brought my food to work events because I wasn't, I didn't trust the catering. I remember that unquote. all the always. time. Like, same, always. Same but though, I used, same. But I used to say things to people like to Sammy when we would have lunch together. Like, I no, remember. I just have food allergies. I do have food allergies, but not to the foods that were being presented at lunch. Like I was in charge of ordering them. So like, wow. anyways, um, I mean, my like rock bottom moment is I brought food to my grandmother's funeral, not funeral, but like the, in the Jewish faith, it's Shiva. Shiva. Like at my Nana's Shiva, I brought food. Like, like, no, what? Anyway, and not to share so, with other people because you're supposed no, to bring food to a shiva, but it was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I brought my food. Crackers, okay. So. Oh my wow. <laughs> but, but I think, and that's part of, that's part of this is like meal prep for me today is like, there's two ways that I like to think about it is one is like, I've prepped um, protein in the fridge for lunch because I have a, a son home from school, you know, trying to, a business and I have very few minutes. Right. But then I realized when I was making my lunch today, like I didn't have any carbs prepped and old me would have freaked out. New me was like, Oh, we have sourdough bread in the fridge. Like I'll turn this into a sandwich. Right. And I think that's hard when you're not ready for the understanding of the intention behind it. Um, or you're really like fence sitting in your journey and you're not totally bought in on the intuitive eating side that can be really hard to see the word meal prep and like not really understand like why an intuitive eating professional is talking about this does that make sense yeah and I think when you're first introduced to intuitive eating I'm sure you guys know people think oh it means eating whatever I want whenever I want how is meal prep intuitive eating because you are pre-deciding what you're going to mm. eat but the truth is that we, un it's, you don't have a personal chef. You don't have access to a grocery store with every single food you could possibly want down the street. You can't eat whatever you want, whenever you want, unless you're, I don't know, like Kim Kardashian, but like, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, that's just unrealistic. And I think sometimes you like when you're between meetings or running around, you just need something to eat that is yes. good enough. It's not going to be what you remember. It's not going to be like you're sitting down and like, you're romanticizing your lunch. Like, no, we don't live in that world. And I well, don't I think, and I think social so. media might make people think like they have to eat these, you know, these beautiful, like acai bowls that like are all colorful and stuff. And it's I like, acai, man. Well, it doesn't it's even so, really keep you that long. I but always think it's like a sugar rush. Yeah. Like this but is acai a dessert. by itself also doesn't taste good. Yeah. Like, it's not good. But I love that you yeah. brought that up because that's a, I have a one client. She just graduated from fine food freedom. She's been with us for years, but we've talked about so many times. She gets so frustrated with how bored she is with food. And of course we talk about different ways that we can make food fun and like do things, but like that's a huge part of intuitive eating is because once food isn't this like lusty thing that you're not allowed to have anymore, like it can get boring and it does need to just be. And we need to just accept it. Like, yes. Food shouldn't be the highlight of your day every day. Of course, there are some meals that are really special. Like mm -hmm. I have reservations for my favorite restaurants on Friday. I'm looking forward to that. I'm so excited. What you know, restaurant but, is it? We need to know now. It's know. called, it's called the coin. 
uh, in and where Seattle. are you at? Okay, I'm Seattle. In Seattle. And it's not like, close. Yeah, no, it's in. It's like a seafood. It's a seafood place, and they like make their own butter. Like they have like Ooh. seasonal menu. Oh my god, it's and like oysters, so good. Um, but yeah, like the meals you're eating for breakfast before work, or maybe after a long day, or in the middle of your work day, you're just not gonna remember them. You're, they don't need to be interesting. And I think as adults, we just need to get over it. <laughs> like, yeah. like uh. stop. You're expecting too much of your food if you want every meal to be this mind blowing, like delicious experience. I love it. I know it's like kind of like a dry way of looking at it, just but I'm a I'm very pragmatic. So, well, and it's true. It's a big part of how people struggle in intuitive eating. Once they do make peace with food, it's almost like um uh a disappointment in a way. If I'm using, I don't know if I'm using the right word, but that they yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a little bit of like, oh, okay, this is just neutral. This is just yeah. It's just a part of my day, like brushing my teeth. You know, like. The way I like to talk about it too, and this is, so this is my conversation that I had with somebody yesterday via social media, but I always, I posted a recipe yesterday that used cacao nibs instead of chocolate chips in my brain. When I was making it, I opened my pantry and I was like, oh, I didn't know I had these, like these would be cool and crunchy inside my smoothie. And like, I wanted something that I could chew, but also, you know, drink, whatever, as I'm making it, I put them in and they crunched up and they were delicious. I'm like, I should share this recipe. Like, this was really good. Cacao nibs also have like a bunch of antioxidants in them. Like fun. It's flu season. Jenna, you know, you're diet culture <laughs> But like, that's my brain. And I got a question and I respect this person. We had a great exchange, but she mentioned, you know, like, this is a paleo ingredient. Why aren't you using chocolate chips? And to me, you know, and I think this is such a great conversation for us to have is like, you know, when food becomes not good, not bad, just neutral, everything is a choice. And it becomes, I can sure I can have this high fiber bagel or these cacao nibs, or I could have this sourdough bread and chocolate chips. To me, they're all now the same thing. I have certainly struggled with them in the past, but I'm very confident in the space that I am in today. And I I do think it's a disservice to not like show people that intuitive eating dietitians and professionals can also choose the quote unquote healthier ingredients alongside, you know, the, the ones that they expect when they Google intuitive eating and they see just like a girl eating a donut, you know, like, does that make sense? Like, we get into this together? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, (laughs) I love using zoodles, zucchini noodles, but I use them like as a vegetable and usually paired with pasta or like another kind of carb. I put them on like my breakfast tacos. I have like extra leftover, but they're never going to replace pasta. And people are like, why are you using zoodles? Like, cause they're, it's zucchini. Like it's good. (laughs) Yeah. It's a fun way to use zucchini. It's a different texture. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I don't know. There's one food I'm not sure I'll ever really want to go back to, and that's cottage cheese. I think I just ate I so much cottage cheese in my, I know. But in my have dieting. you ever had the one with like the pineapple? Junk yeah, yeah, that I could Like do. the sugared pineapple. Like it's so but it's good. like, what? I don't know where that fits into <laughs> my day. Cause if I want something sweet in the afternoon, which is when I usually want something sweet, it's like I want a muffin or a cookie. Not, yeah, not cottage cheese. Not like <laughs> dairy pineapple. <laughs> cottage cheese literally <laughs> makes me gag thinking about it. Like I'm having a gag reflex. <laughs> 
complex. No, like sorry. I've just never been a cottage cheese person. I don't, I, it just reminds me of a yeast infection. I'm sorry. I'm going to say but No, it, it like, does. I, mean, like, I just can't even I, look I've at used it. it in cooking. Like I'll use it in replace. I couldn't find ricotta in like this fancy food store near me. So I, but I had cottage cheese and it's fine. Like, you know, that's yeah, fine. Like, yeah. You, I love cottage cheese. <laughs> no, we're not. Yucky and I hope here. I didn't ruin it for no. you. I you do. I the cart order earlier this week. You bitches. <laughs> But to go back what you said, Jenna, I love, I love that example. And, and I love how you shared too, like, you didn't even think twice. You're like, oh, I have cacao nibs in my pantry. I didn't even know. Like, it Literally wasn't like you were it. even deciding between chocolate chip or cacao nibs. And they were probably expensive. Like, I need to oh, use yeah. them. Yeah, that shit's expensive. <laughs> I do, yeah, yes. I do love like the, the neutral, like in meal prep, you know, you can, like, I do prep things that maybe my former self would consider quote unquote clean just because I don't feel like going above and beyond in my cooking and adding a ton of like flourishes and flavors and being fancy. And I just want to throw yeah. some black beans in my, you know, like yeah. in my container. Um, and I do, I think I do focus on things that are nourishing. I have like, Oh, sorry. I have, um, you know, Please. issues. I mercury. <laughs> I have, I definitely have some issues issues with like digestion I'm sure everyone has some kind of issue and I have to like make sure I eat a lot of fiber you know so it's like sometimes an outsider would look at my personal prep be like wow that's like so healthy but I'm like I don't know I'm just trying to make sure I can poop like yeah. you know it's not even yeah that's all yeah. yeah no I couldn't agree with that more like I'm telling you I had another recipe that was commented on was like why are you using high fiber bread and I'm like because I enjoy going to the bathroom yeah. <laughs> like, I like to be regular. Uh, like, like this really helps me. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, as you can see, I also have all of these other options in my fridge, but like, is it so bad that I chose this one? Like, well, I, I think we're comes back to, I was going to say like, you know, your definition of meal prep. Right. And then it's like, also your definition of like healthy food. Right. Because like we see all food as health promoting, like all food right. has carbs, proteins, fats, right? Like obviously depending on what kind of food it is, but like a piece of sourdough bread and a piece of high fiber bread, like they're both healthy. They both give our body carbs, right? But then one might have more fiber than others. So it's more nutrient dense, but I think it just comes back to people not being ready to see certain things in their journey of recovery. And like well, where they are in their journey. Yeah. Journey. Yeah. Journey. <laughs> If you're, if you're going to start meal prep in into with intuitive eating and you're kind of, it, I think it's, you're jumping ahead. If you're thinking about, if you're leaning too much into the gentle nutrition aspect of it initially, like I think first it's good to meal prep the things that you just would crave. And I usually tell people if they're, cause deciding what to eat, um, is probably, hold on, sorry. Deciding what to eat is probably really difficult as intuitive eater. When you first start, because mm -hmm. like, you don't have the rules to tell you what to eat. Um, and I'd say get, get inspired by what you get for takeout. Cause those meals work really well for meal prep, except for maybe sushi, you know, but I'm yeah. talking about like tikka masala or stir fries or fried rice, or any of those kinds of meals are going to do really well for prep. And you're going to look forward to them and you're going to love making them at home because they're easy. Yes. Oh, this is such a good conversation. So tell us a little bit more Talia about workweek lunch. So for our yeah. listeners that they're like, okay, I've never heard of workweek lunch. Like, what is this? Like, what, what are the recipes? What, what are the resources? What can they get from you? Totally. So we offer a lot of free recipes and free resources on our site, workweeklunch.com. But if you want a little more structure, um, we never tell you what to eat, but we do provide kind of a system for meal prepping that 
helps people choose recipes. We have over 700 in our subscription. Um, it, we have meal plans again there and the meal plans are based around like practicality, like a meal plan featuring 30 minute meals or a meal plan featuring freezer friendly meals. It's not like gluten-free meal plan, you know, like eat it's, this it's many just, calories or right, anything it's, like that. It's, it's more about the function of practicality. We offer, you know, we also have like quick tools for making meal plans and grocery lists, but I would say the main thing we offer are consistent meal prep friendly recipes that have no healthism. We're not telling you what to swap. We'll tell you what the swaps are based on what you have accessible or what you like. We're not saying this cauliflower rice is better than rice. Like, like here, you can use cauliflower rice if that's your jam, but we're not going to tell you what to do. So that's kind of our approach. I love that. And I love like on your site. So I'm looking at your college friendly recipes right now. I think 30 easy snacks for college that you can make in a dorm. Like I love that concept. Um, Even if you don't have a dorm, like if you just have access to what do you have in college, a microwave, like these are so helpful. Um, And so I'm just curious from your perspective, like what is the inspiration behind the combinations that you put together? Like, are you trying to just create like when you're making those snack boxes like what are you thinking of like it makes me think of like mini charcuterie boards (laughs) that's a really good question I mean we think about we think about a lot of things like we think about the balance of nutrition I would say even though we don't promote this all of our recipes are like well-rounded and we do think very deeply about what we're putting on there without being like it's so healthy because there's look at this balance like we just know it is and we hope yeah it is, you know but so we, it we looks about that. and we also think about <laughs> we think a lot about accessibility of ingredients and of course using up all the ingredients that you buy which is a huge challenge in cooking for one a lot of our recipes are designed for cooking for one um because I was I am single. I was, you know, was single when I started this. Uh, so uh, I think those are two uh, main things you think about other than, of course, deliciousness and convenience. I love that. I love and that texture, so color. I mean, yeah. you, whether you guys mean to or not, your page is so colorful. We and... need to. And I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we eat with our eyes, right? Like yeah. it's, it's beautiful. So we're so excited to share work week lunch with our listeners. So it looks like you have a little code here that you want to share. So if you could share with our listeners where they can find you and what the special code is for them. I need a second to look at the code. Sorry. I have the code. We have it. It's it's totally- it <laughs> yeah. Your team okay. gave it to us. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know my sister gave this, but I don't whatever it was okay um so we have okay. it no worries okay great so yeah you can find me at work week lunch on instagram tiktok i would say start with the free stuff on workweeklunch.com but if you want the little extra from us we have free trials and of course a code for you that is let's cook all caps on our site if you click meal plans you can sign up for the program check it out if it's not for you cool but check it just try it you never know yes and i, I would say it. like you're website is jammed packed with amazing recipes like Jenna how you were just saying like that I have like every freebie off your website I have like saved in a folder basically when my clients are like I need need, you know breakfast recipes I'm like perfect so so one thing I want to mention that is not visible on the free site every recipe in the program can be made vegan vegetarian gluten-free omnivore and dairy-free so wow. every single, we have a special, like no one has this. We created this. It's like a little button you can click and the recipe automatically updates. So it's not like a list of swaps to change it. Like you yeah. get a fresh recipe for each diet for all 700 recipes. That's amazing. So just, that takes a lot of time. 
Yeah, well, that's so why it's inspirational. That's amazing. That's amazing. I should probably mention that. So we do have that's like, huge. It's, it's like those diets to me are not, that's not diet culture. Those are just choices that like yeah. lots of people have. Of, and if people totally have an free. allergy or preference, right? Yeah, yeah. or yeah. yeah, or religious. Like people who are kosher probably need omnivore, but dairy free recipes kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Talia. We're so excited to share this episode with all of our listeners. And I feel like we need to have you back for part two. That was really fun. I'd be (laughs) happy to come back. I love nerding out about this stuff. Thank you guys for all that you do. Thanks so much, Talia. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at What the Actual Fork Pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.